what Biden's victory means for cybersecurity, and how cybercrime keeps evolving. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Anna Delaney. So it's official. America has chosen Democrat Joe Biden as its 46th president. So as the president-elect prepares for office, what does this mean for cybersecurity? And what could we expect from a Biden presidency? ISMG's Jeremy Kirk, Managing Editor of Security and Technology, explores. Cybersecurity is poised to return to the front burner when President-elect Joe Biden takes office on January 20th. That is likely to include a renewal of key international relationships and consistent messaging to countries such as Russia and China. I spoke with experts about what we can expect from a Biden presidency. Biden is viewed as a friendly dealmaker who can mend fences with allies crucial for successful deterrence policies. Christopher Painter is a former federal prosecutor who was the U.S. State Department's top cyber diplomat until mid-2017. He says that cybersecurity wasn't a priority for Trump, and the often muddled messaging left doors open to countries such as Russia. Christopher Painter. You, know, you need consistent high-level messaging from the top, which wasn't there uh, with Trump, uh, and particularly wasn't there with respect to Russia. In fact, the messaging coming from the top was if anything, undercut every other message that was trying to be delivered on Russia. Trump did have strong people in cybersecurity positions. That includes Christopher Krebs, the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which was launched two years ago. Krebs provided a steady hand on the tiller leading up to the election, and many hope he will be retained. Trump's administration also launched a national cybersecurity strategy in 2018. The strategy was criticized as overly optimistic, and there were fears that the U.S. may be losing its edge. There are good reasons to believe Biden's approach will be different. Kenneth Gears is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, which is a Washington, D.C.-based think tank. He tells me that Biden's background as a former vice president and chairman of the Senate's Foreign Relations Committee means he can forge alliances with the European Union and NATO. Gear tells me that the U.S., for all its military might, is just one country. He says cybersecurity deterrence is strengthened by aligning with the EU and NATO, creating a kind of cyber superpower that is formidable. Concrete steps should be taken now during the transition period. Ed Amoroso is a former CISO of AT&T and current CEO of TAG Cyber. He laid out in June a series of steps that should be taken by the incoming administration that would refresh U.S. cyber policy. Amoroso recommends that before the end of this month, the incoming administration should resurrect the cybersecurity coordinator position that the Trump administration eliminated in May 2018. The White House should also have its own CISO with the same standing as the White House's director of IT. Additionally, the administration should also consider severing the NSA from U.S. Cyber Command. As it stands, the NSA director, which is currently General Paul M. Nakasone, is also head of U.S. Cyber Command. But it's been questioned over the years whether cybersecurity readiness would be better served if the organizations are separated. While those big decisions are mulled, the U.S. may be in an unsteady position until Biden takes the oath of office. Hopefully in the ensuing weeks, all will be quiet on the cyber front. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Lest we become too distracted by the U.S. election, a pandemic still looms and is regaining momentum. 
ISMG's Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, spoke with Head of Cybersecurity Strategy at VMware Carbon Black, Tom Kellerman, on how the pandemic resurgence is likely to affect cybercrime as we head into the new year. Do watch the full interview on our sites for some excellent post-election cybersecurity analysis. But for now, here's Kellerman with his concerns about cybercriminals targeting home networks and cloud resources. More and more of criminality is being restructured. Traditional criminals are moving online. More and more of them are downloading the necessary attack capabilities and or purchasing access to previously compromised systems. I think we're going to see a dramatic uptick of mobile ransomware. I think you're going to see more extortion campaigns specific to attacking IoT and homes where you know, proximity settings are compromised and recordings both you know, auditory and visual are, are made of private settings. I think we're gonna see an advent spike of cloud jacking where cloud environments are commandeered to leverage island hopping attacks against their constituency. And I think that the custom development of Linux malware will become one of the most highly paid specializations in the dark web. You covered a lot there, Tom. If you were to focus, what are the trends you're most interested in as we head into winter? Well, from a security perspective, I, we over here at VMware are most concerned and invested in protecting cloud workloads and containers. Cloud workloads and containers are still kind of black magic when it comes to the hacker community. Um, And hardening is the primary focus of many organizations when it comes to those environments. But we need to do much more research on what's possible from an attack perspective. And, and much more research into how we can best secure and protect um, cloud environments and containers uh, from cyber attack. Because the challenge we're gonna face is that when you compromise something like Kubernetes, you can become systemic almost immediately with what kind of malicious microservices you could deploy. And finally, cybercrime is an evolution, not a revolution. A line I nicked from our last segment this week, which focuses on Europol's latest internet-organized crime threat assessment. Matthew Schwartz, ISMG's executive editor of Data Breach Today in Europe, recently spoke with Philip Amann, the head of strategy at the European Cybercrime Center, otherwise known as EC3, about how cybercrime has been evolving and what police and policymakers are doing to better combat the latest changes. Cybercrime continues to evolve. Today, some of the top attacks being tracked by police include ransomware, business email compromise, SIM swapping, the increased use of the dark web as an enabler, as well as encryption and cryptocurrency. While the precise types of attacks that are popular at any given time might continue to change, to borrow a well-used cliche, criminals prefer to never have to reinvent the wheel. Cybercrime is an evolution, not a revolution. That's Philip Amon, head of strategy for Europol, which is the EU's law enforcement intelligence agency. Amon is also the lead author of Europol's Internet Organized Crime Threat Assessment, or IOCTA report, which is its annual look at cybercrime trends. Cybercriminals are very innovative and abuse new technology and come up with new uh, you know, ways of attacking their victims. But the reality is that a lot of it is sort of known methods that they've been using for for years now that they work so they might adapt them but it's really that uh, evolution that we that we've seen Cybersecurity is about technology but it's also about people and processes and criminals will look for ways to exploit 
any of those things when in pursuit of an illicit payday. That's why social engineering, which is a fancy way of saying tricking people, continues to be such a beloved criminal tactic. Here's Amon. Criminals will resort to social engineering because quite often it's easier to overcome sort of the human barrier, if you will, hacking the human operating system than to have to go through the technical security measures that you have in place. So business human compromise, I think, is a perfect example where you create that you know, pressure. It's on Friday. You pretend to be the CEO and just build up the, that, that pressure. And then people you know, do something and make that transaction. Europol says criminals are also bringing new technologies to bear in sometimes innovative ways. For example, there's been a lot of discussion about how artificial intelligence and machine learning might get abused by criminals. Now, to date, Amon tells me it's not clear criminals are doing this, or at least not very much. One of the cases that we we found published in the public space was about a company where criminals allegedly used an, an online tool to emulate the voice of the CEO. And they interviewed, apparently, the, I think the other person was sitting in the UK and said, yes, well, you know, the DRC was German. So he said, yes, the melody, the German accent, it was all there. And that's just an example where you have these tools available. And again, for a criminal, you know, that's easy. You can use it and it might increase the success of your attack. But the point is going back to social engineering. It's just another way of convincing you that you're actually talking to your counterpart. And that makes it just more plausible to do that. So that social engineering is something we need to be aware and that requires training and and awareness and education on an ongoing basis. Again, these attacks haven't come from out of the blue. They're variations on a theme. Organizations, of course, can also defend themselves. They just need to have the right checks and balances in place and to continually test their efficacy, as well as keep employees trained and aware. Just like many of today's top attacks, Defenses don't always have to be technologically sophisticated to keep organizations protected. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. That's it from ISMG's Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time.